This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmunoz.com. This is Going Ultra. I'm talking about Ultraman Zet episode 22, which originally aired November 28th, 2020, directed by Koichi Sakamoto. The screenplay was by, or is by, Sotaro Hayashi. And this is an interesting episode because it happens in the aftermath of, oh my gosh, Yoko's outfit makes so much more sense now. Sorry. Uh, it takes place in the aftermath of the disbanding of storage. They're all on their own. They're all going towards their individual tomorrows, hence the name of the episode, Individual Tomorrows. And uh, yeah, sorry. Kuchi Sakamoto, if you don't know, is known for enjoying the form of a woman, particularly in the uh, leg region. And uh, not that Yoko hasn't didn't dress sort of like this last time, but I was a little surprised by how she was dressed this time, especially the way the camera panned up from her like knee socks to well to her face. Um, so yeah, I guess that makes sense. Anyway, moving on from there, that uncomfortable topic. Uh, this is an interesting episode because it looks at these people who their whole life has been wrapped up in being members of storage, being comrades who work together, being people who are relied upon to defend the earth from kaiju in a way that they seemingly felt was ethical and good and noble, and now they've been disbanded because the Global Allied Forces Division of Japan, which is the company they work for and their bosses ultimately, have decided that they will use a weapon that these people are uncomfortable with. And they are, uh, they're willing to do whatever it takes to defeat Kaiju. And you might say that's a good thing, but then again, if it leads to destruction and, uh, and ruin, then, you know, obviously that would not be a good thing. And it looks kind of like that might be the direction that it's going. So that's not great. <laughs> um, so we have this interesting interaction between, uh, Yoko and Haruki where they arm wrestle again for him to have a taste of her boba tea, which it's strange that she wanted to be on trend and have boba tea, and I'm, I'm shocked that boba tea is a trend, although I have seen more boba places popping up even here in the United States, but uh, I like boba, man. I don't like boba. I don't even like tapioca pudding. Um, so, sorry for that tangent. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of a, a funny, interesting moment. But the better part of that is that she hints at the fact that she's interested in arm wrestling him because of a secret reason and we don't find out what that is till later so i won't spoil it and it's a lot of fun and i really appreciate it so anyway we'll talk more about that later uh you know as they parted ways in the previous episode <clears throat> they asked hippocura what he was going to do and he said you'll see and it's actually a little more complicated than what you might expect because he doesn't just do something noble to fight you know uh gaff j uh whatever <laughs> Sorry, it's such a clumsy thing to say. He doesn't just do something noble to, like, oppose them. He does sneak into their base, and he finds out about Ultroid Zero. But he also ends up provoking uh, and manipulating the fight that happens, the big fight that happens in the episode, in order to give uh, Gaff J the information that they need. Uh, by the way, tell me if I'm an idiot for saying it like that. <laughs> And I'll hold off on doing it in the future. Anyway, he gives Gafje what they need in order to complete Ultroid Zero by, well, you'll see, um, by, you know, 
basically giving them the data they need. That's that's all that matters right now. So that's pretty interesting to me uh, because it once again you think you know what Juggler is doing. You think you know what Hibiker is doing, what his goals might be, and he goes and does something that completely surprises you, and that's uh, I don't know, super interesting because again it's something that will be dealt with later in the show, you know, in the end game of it. Um, but for now it's, it's interesting just how well of a job they're doing or how good of a job they're doing at keeping you guessing as to his true motives. And, uh, I find that impressive and, and I'm kind of proud of them for that. Even, even though I do find it frustrating in some ways. So that's pretty cool. Alien Barossa number three showing up and talking with his human vocal cords. I will pick this nit once again. Alien Barossa originally said, I'm too advanced to have vocal cords like you lower beings, which is why I'm talking through this girl or this guy or whatever. I can't remember who it was at the time. I think it was Yoko. Uh, and now, Alien Barossa's are talking all over the place. What's going on? That's not fair. You can't just change the rules like that. I thought this was hard science fiction, not children's tokusatsu. Anyway, but I like him coming back. Uh, I love everybody fighting against him uh, in the you know, little restaurant or whatever they are, where they are. That's super cool. His, uh, like, barbarians club is super neat, too. Um, the little moment we get of, well, yeah, the little moment we get of, you know, uh, Z fighting is good. Um, and I like that he's, uh, I like that he's fighting in, you know, the, the small form. Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. It's weird that that doesn't, like, seem to sap his energy, though. And then, like, uh, you know, heavy, uh, yeah, uh, Juggler shows up there and he almost shows up there for no good reason which is a little disappointing because it seemed odd like he didn't have to show up there he could have and then later he just transforms from his human form to uh you know five king or whatever it is and uh that's kind of an odd choice so i, I wonder if it was like an obligatory um obligatory juggler appearance or something because that is a cool suit design uh and they could just have him show up more often he could transform he could hold up the zet the dark zet riser in my opinion as juggler and then uh, when he goes inside, it could still be heavy Kura access granted to show uh, the face actor uh, doing all that transformation stuff inside. Whatever, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, the I mean, it's getting getting to see everybody shine. Even uh, Bako got to do a Bruce Lee thing, and I don't know if it, I think he said it in the Japanese, but he definitely says it in the original. Don't think, feel, and everyone's wowed by this cool old man and again once again it's just something he picked up along the way so that's a lot of fun i i, I love that i love the gags i love the simple it's funny bako is simultaneously like a simple all of them are like simple characters who have like catchphrases and like simple traits that they use but at the same time they are also able to be nuanced interesting characters who do stuff that you might not expect so i really love that blend of character building character creation character crafting and i think it's something i want to use in my writing um it's something i'm doing with my grow bugs right now i've given each of them like one emotional thing and like that's their lens and their perspective that's how they see everything in the world it's not that their personality is you know falling down and having big eyes it's <laughs> sorry it's an anime joke it's a it's a harem anime joke it doesn't belong here in this pure clean ultraman show so i'll stop but anyway i i think that's an interesting way to construct your characters and it makes sense because i'm married uh, my wife and I say the same things to each other over and over again, and we think it's funny. Um, when we were first together, she would do this thing that she doesn't do anymore because it doesn't work anymore on me. And uh, same thing with me. You know, there's different plays or moves or tactics or little things that you do, and they work, and sometimes they don't, and you change it up. 
to keep it fresh. But for characters in a show that's only 25 episodes long, you can definitely do that. For characters that appear in a book, I think you can do that too. And maybe even, yeah, depending on how the narrative is focused and how many... Uh, well, anyway, I, I'm getting too distracted talking about books, so I will stop doing that. And I will go ahead and continue talking about, talking about the episode. So, uh, I thought it was funny that um, Bally Rock once again... So, first of all, this this Alien Brosify is awesome. The fact that Bally Rock abandons... Uh, <laughs> abandons Haruki and Zet because they fought a um, a um, uh, fought one of these guys before is hilarious. I love that even though they've been disbanded uh, and um, Seven Sevenger has been in mothballs basically in the museum or display whatever, uh, he's still been properly maintained. And Yoko can get into that mech and pilot him. And I love that Yuka gets into the uh, the like the the breast tank or whatever. Uh, of King Joe and pilots that that's what she does right yeah I'm pretty sure that's what she does that's awesome and uh, that's super cool especially because like the, the opening of the show where it shows her running and it shows one of the mecha there um, it makes it feel like she's going to be a mech pilot too or she has the potential to be and that's something I've touched on before and here we see yes she in fact does have the capability to be a mech pilot because she understands how these machines work and I guess has enough experience with them to get in there uh, kind of like Rain um, Mikamura, Mikamura, right? Anyway, like Rain from G Gundam, where we see her working on the Gundam, and she's she's not only a physician, she's a mechanic as well, and other things. Um, but she can work on it and pilot it too when the need calls for it. So that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, but I love seeing all of them working together. Like you know, uh, Bako has kept the machine, has kept Sevenger ready in order. Uh, Yoko's able to pilot it. Uh, Haruki does some fighting, but then he becomes Ultraman, unbeknownst to them. Um, and then, the <laughs> and then the, uh, then, uh, you know, Yoko does her thing in the Mecha, well, in, in Sevenger, and she even convinces Baliarok, she tricks him into, uh, into working for her, because, well, she uses reverse psychology, basically, on him, and gets him to fight for her, and does an awesome, uh, does an awesome thing to, well, does an awesome attack, and that coordinates and brings all these different things together, to defeat this alien Barossa, and that's really cool. So I really enjoy that. It's uh, it's pretty awesome, and the show just has a lot going for it. It's almost like too, you know, everybody's earned this moment. Every everything's been built up over the course of the episode, and everything has come together in this culmination. Maybe that's why Heavy Kura appeared as Juggler, uh, in order to do that. And man, him, Juggler, or not Juggler, but you know, Five King or whatever, um, going ahead and making it so that they could complete Ultroid Zero was super interesting. Again, it's it's just, it's fascinating how he manipulated the situation to have King Joe get blasted by the Zep Beam, or whatever, the Zestium Ray, so that, he, or Zestium Beam, sorry. I know it doesn't really matter, but it, it matters to me. Um, so that he can see uh, Ultroid Zero completed. It was really interesting. By the way, I mixed up, I thought at the end of the episode, or the, at the end of the last episode, he said, just see what I do. But it's at the end of this episode that they all part ways. And we learn that Yoko is a candidate to pilot Ultroid Zero. And Yuka's going to be working on something or other. Bako's going his own way. And uh, that's when Hebiker ominously says, you know, you'll see what I'm going to do. So I'm hyped. I'm super interested in seeing what that is. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, this show is so good. It's so compelling. It's so interesting. And like all of the qualms I had last episode are completely gone because I got, and this don't take this the wrong way, I got such good fan service this episode in seeing these characters I know and have 
uh, good feelings about and that have like a good rapport with each other, seeing them interact, seeing them get to say farewell after they've been disbanded and how they've you know come together and now they're splitting apart. It's all just so satisfying emotionally and like dramatically and you know what's coming up is it's super interesting because the stakes are higher than ever uh with this old you know th- looming threat of ultra Zero, which is supposed to rival the power of ultraman which is what you know maya yuki right that's her name wants and uh you know is it really going to rival the power of ultraman and if so does that mean that it is going to fight with ultraman and does that mean that that could be defeated by a human-made weapon that would be super fascinating and super interesting and I don't know, like, it feels weird to say this, but, like, is that what the show has kind of been building towards this whole time? Is it a discussion of the power that humans have? And, uh... I don't know. Is it a question of dealing with power and how it should be utilized and what should be done with it? I don't know. Because here's the thing. Like, I made the argument for uh, pre- in the previous episode. Morally, I don't think it's... I don't think it's morally good or morally uh, a moral stance to say I refuse to wield power because people are naturally attracted to power and the people who are most attracted to power are the most evil among us. So therefore, if the good refuse to wield great power at all, then you're leaving great power in the hands of only evil, which I would think logically would lead to the subjugation of at least a small number of innocent people. Think of a warlord or a band of marauders terrorizing a small group of people, or, you know, an oppressive government uh, murdering people across the sea and sending its people into a meat grinder to kill them for the benefit of money, powers, foreign uh, foreign interests, and a military-industrial complex that one of our presidents may have warned us against as he was leaving office. Oh, sorry. I, I try not to get political, but I just did. Whoops. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed this discussion of Ultraman... Zet episode 22. I hope you enjoyed 21 and 22, my format of doing them. I think I may do this format in the future. And if you like it, let me know. If you don't, also let me know because I want to do the best job I can do and give you the most entertaining and interesting uh, tokusatsu commentary out there in a succinct fashion. Uh, You know, less than 30 minutes. (laughs) Unless you beg for more, then I'll give you lots more. But, you know, I don't know that yet. So uh, you got to tell me, folks. You got to tell me. Anyway, uh, I hope you're well and I hope you stay well and uh, with that I want to let you know to check out everything over at the website I've got lots of writing projects going on I've got my Tokusatsu children's books that I'm working on uh, sort of feverishly I've rededicated myself as a writer and an artist so I'm making sure I put in a small amount of time every day but a consistent amount of time every day to do my write my writing and my drawing and that's all for the goal of getting better and uh, finishing my projects more quickly. I'm designing book covers right now when I'm drawing and I'm chipping away at my book uh, to finish it so I can get get my books out there. I've got a big book that contains a bunch of uh, side stories from Groba or from uh, these characters from these other books and then I've got the uh, that ties everything together and tells its own journey and its own adventure of a, a pair of characters uh, who learn and grow from each other and from their crazy experiences that they go through. And then I have, aside from that, five individual children's picture books that feature uh, kids in trouble being saved by magical bug guardians who uh, help them in very tokusatsu-y ways, whether it's fighting a kaiju-type thing, uh, helping the children to transform into a giant of light, or a bug-themed warrior, 
or other things. Uh, if you enjoy tokusatsu, I think you'll enjoy my books. In fact, I'm basically, I, I want to be a writer. I'm basically positioning myself to be a tokusatsu writer. Um, and if normies want to enjoy the stuff, because I'm trying to write it with enough appeal, broad-based appeal, because it's such high-quality work, that's the hope, uh, that everybody will enjoy it. But it's definitely playing to the niche and the tokusatsu fandom. So if you like tokusatsu and henshin heroes, uh, I think I have books that you're going to love. And uh, yeah, so check those out. Uh, and with that, I'm MJ, and I'm signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.